Well, this week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from October the 17th, 1995. Now, you should go to www.patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme to hear the show before the show to hear about illiterate abdullah and the chicken necks and all that jazz so but that being said again hey, we didn't talk about any jazz no no jazz we were we didn't talk about any jazz no jazz well, you hands. Just said all that jazz no jazz <laughs> we, bands I, I don't do jazz <laughs> now there you hear mr chad austin here with me and of course my brother aaron as well Hello. Hello. And the uh, the like I said, the episode of ECW we're discussing this week, October seventeenth, nineteen ninety five. The show opens with Beulah McGillicuddy talking Better about Beulah's box. Yes. No, that's not how my show opened. My show opened with a commercial for a new A and E show called Hip Hop Treasures. You know how they do the WWE Treasures. Hip hop treasures. Gonna get, yeah, we, we found we found Flavor Flav's first grill. Oh, there's clock. <laughs> I was trying to think. I'm a big hip hop fan, but like literally, you know how you put on Peacock. I don't know how you, how it works for you, but it just randomly sometimes will show you a commercial, and I would have never heard about this show. <laughs> you know, I would have never known about it like, until like somebody was said, "Hey, did you see that show?" Or whatever afterward before that, but yeah, I'm just watching it going, "Oh shit, this is all right." But then all of a sudden, it went right to Beulah. I just watched, uh, I just went back and watched the Comedy Central roast of Flava Flav. And one of the best jokes on there, Lisa Lampanelli goes, she goes, give it up, give it up with the fucking clock, Flav. You haven't had to be anywhere in 20 years. <laughs> Damn. Well, Greg Geraldo probably slept with him. Greg Geraldo. <laughs> Greg Giraldo says that Chris Benoit was a better father than Flavor Flav. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he goes. He also. He also says you look like you look like a skeleton wrapped in electrical tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that I can I can agree with that. But but when it when it when it came with the um, we're talking about the opening right with the with the the Beulah open right. Yes. Yes. Dude, Beulah. This is this is exactly what I wrote down. Well, I wrote it was a bad video. The video was terrible of her. The music was atrocious. <laughs> the, music was... The, WWE, the WWE porno music. <laughs> Dude. And then I just wrote down right after that, Beulah is wrestling hot. I, I that's exactly what I thought of her. I thought of I thought that if I would just see this girl anywhere else, I wouldn't think she was all that great looking. Yeah, if, you, if, you if you don't look right at her. <laughs> yeah, if you kind of just kind of catch her. But I mean, how how can you have a relationship with somebody when all you gotta do is just keep turning your head and then just catching them? Before they realize something's wrong with you, they think you have Tourette's. Can't you look me in the eyes? Not longer than a second. <laughs> just, just, just live with it, please. <laughs> yeah, but at that, 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 that video, that music was bad, but Buell is hot, and and just pretty much like I just said, she's just she's wrestling hot. She's got. Was she ever in a magazine? Because I have a couple. I know she was in a. Oh, that she was in a porno. Oh yeah, she she skipped the magazine. I I I do know that I do have the porno, but I couldn't remember if she did a magazine. Also, I don't think she did a magazine. She went straight to video. <laughs> well, I got a magazine of somebody that was somebody in the wrestling business. That Tommy Dreamer, was it? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have that Playgirl. 
Tommy Tommy Dreamer shirtless sitting in a kiddie pool. Doing the Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And, and the only thing covering him up is the kendo stick. <laughs> wow, Tommy Dreamer getting you crapped on. Ah, shit. Aaron, anything else on the Beulah video? <laughs> it was uh, what it was. Yeah, we get an introduction. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it was shitty porno music. And like you guys said, it's like if you look right at her, no. Maybe at a side glance or something. She's, she's all right. Yeah, pretty much an extra in a in a indie rock band video. She's the she's not the one on the hood of the car. She's one standing next to the girl on the hood of the car. <laughs> yeah, like all you see is like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they they missed it in editing. It wasn't even supposed to be there. So that's her credit. That's my foot. In the rap video, she's in the background of the barbecue. But um, after that, we get the <laughs> we get the introduction from Joey Styles. He discusses the fact that we are going to have a match between Rey Mysterio and Psychosis on this week's show, Two Out of Three Falls. And then we get the Rey Mysterio and Psychosis Extreme Encyclopedia pages. Good Lord. I, I ran out of time. I'll be honest with you. I ran out of time. I actually was going, I took pictures of screenshots of them and I was going to translate them. And then I ran out of fucking time and then get. Oh, so the, the uh, dictionary? Yeah, I don't know what they definitions? Yeah. yeah, they were, it was in Spanish and I was going to do the translations and I just ran out of time. But what in your language? Yeah, I was going to turn the Spanish into English. Uh, you're not, are you Spanish? No, in no way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm as white as white Spanish? can be. I speak uh I speak to, uh, enough to order at a Mexican restaurant. Oh, poquito. <laughs> oh, uh, sí, señor. All right, all right. <laughs> Nacho Bel Grande. Yeah, but um, I I I got to be honest, man. I I feel like I've been watching the Rey Mysterio Psychosis, like pretty much pretty much the same match. For thirty years, <laughs> going on, because it always seems to be brought up in every documentary. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if it's Ray, you know, or it's ECW, or it's Paul saying how the, the geniuses of bringing him in, or Bischoff <laughs> talking about bringing him in in WCW. It's like I have I have worn thin of psychosis and Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> Well, before we get to that match, and then I'll get into actually something that'll kind of refer to what you were just talking about, Chad. We have a Dudley's promo here, and uh, this is the debut at ECW of Bubba Ray Dudley. And uh, Dudley Dudley goes through the through the uh, the Dudley brothers. He talks about he's the only legit Dudley because his parents both had the same last name. That's funny. He talks about how Big Dick Dudley, Daddy Dudley, had a liaison with the Holland Tunnel. Well, I'm sorry. Daddy Dudley had a liaison with the Holland Tunnel, and now you see what came from that. And there's Big Dick Dudley. The Insane Asylum. Daddy, Big Daddy Dudley had a, an affair with someone at the Insane Asylum. That's where Sign Guy came from. Of course, DW was conceived on a Cherokee um, re reservation. And he doesn't necessarily say that, that Bubba was the product of incense, incense, incest, but he does say they mentioned the movie Deliverance. So, I I honestly 
to tell you the truth, don't think that's the original promo that aired <laughs> for this. I, I think the other one, I mean, the only promo that I remember, uh, I mean, I, I watched them do a dozens of them. I mean, I mean, for uh, two hours, probably mm-hmm. at least two hours. And Paul wanted different angles on them, different views on them. And the one that stuck out to me was when Dudley Dudley was talking about how his father was a traveling salesman. And he would, he would wind, he was selling tchotchkes. That's like when I first started hearing the word tchotchkes. Like I was like wondering what tchotchkes were or Bibles or whatever it was. He was a Bible uh, salesman or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and the way he described it, I was like, oh. So I get it. So along the way, he just slept with all his women, you know, and I made the connection. Okay. He was on the Indian reservation. Oh, he was, he was in the inner city. He's listening. <laughs> he's, li- he's listening to that song, rambling man or traveling. Man. Yeah. Dude, a lot of stops. All day long. That's the, that's the whole perception of what the Dudley boy gimmick was that I, that I was taught. Like I, when I, when I, when I was listening to this stuff, I'm going like, that is not what I thought the Dudleys were. And I was there when Paul created them, <laughs> you know, like, how did I miss this? And it very well, I mean, maybe it'll come up in a promo late, later down the line, or maybe it was just promo night and you saw 15 different versions of the promo. <laughs> well, that was the one that stuck out, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget. I had no idea what the hell was going on. And I'm not even sure if I was in the first match or not. The first time they they played fucking Highway to Hell, like as loud as fuck in that ECW arena, and then you see these dudes just walking down to the ring, and it's like, oh shit, because it was like it was like Pitbull esque, but it wasn't as as over the top serious where they're going, they're growling. You know right. what I mean? And they're biting the chains and all that shit. They're coming to the ring going, all right, we're just walking to the ring. We're just going to walk in that ring and we're going to beat you up. <laughs> and then we're going to we're gonna walk right back out of here <laughs> and go back to fucking Dudleyville. I love the gimmick. I thought the, I, it's, it, it's probably my favorite ECW um, original, original gimmick. It, it has to be. I can't think of anything even close. Well, and it's it's fan it's it, not only is it fantastic because most of the guys that were involved did a good job, but also think of the possibilities. This thing can go on forever. How you can come up with you can come up with a hundred fucking Dudleys. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah, Hebrew Dudley, Lucha Dudley, uh, any fucking you know anything you want, you know, lesbian Dudley. Any fuck, dude. You could, you know, then you start bringing midgets into. Hey, you could do anything you want. It, it's, it's, it's the great. It, it's the. It was. Pro, it's one of the greatest, like, kind of factions things that it was. It's in its own category. Put it that way. It's the greatest of whatever that is. How you could possibly introduce a faction that could last for thirty years. <laughs> You could have an inappropriate Dudley, and he's his name's Diddle Dudley. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, dude. This could be, we're not going to do a whole show on what Dudleys we could have, but there's no chance we can do that. Uh, um, joins and he's Milk Dudley. See, right, again, we got, we're, we're talking about the show, but we're trying to get the show going on here. There's nothing on the show. There's one match. 
<laughs> Does it involve a, a, diddle, a diddling Dudley? No. He said no. But yes, the the Dudley the Dudleys is the is a fantastic gimmick, and like I said, just the possibility I mean, they could they could just they could just tomorrow say, hey. Here's a here's the next generation of the Dudleys, and here we go. We could just I don't we just start, no, we could just no. start it all up again. There's no, uh, I mean, do you do you think that would work? Do you think that would work? You couldn't you couldn't do that gimmick now with how it was set up at the time. You couldn't do it. No, now. no, just you rewrite the history, rewrite the backstory. But I mean, do you think that look? I mean, would would get over. I mean, to me, the closest thing to to what the Dudleys were were the fucking Briscoes, right? They they had to be, and look how they how over they got, and they didn't even really have a gimmick until almost. I mean, I, you know, not I don't want to say till the end of what Jay's career or Jay's life, but I mean, they kind of went their separate ways. It is it, it was almost like they were patterning the Dudleys, but they did it way too fast, you know. Yeah. Instead of being what they were and going with what they got, they ended up getting split up, and it it, it kind of screwed them both together as a whole. Yeah, so that yeah that that, that was that's that's a classic analogy. They became the Dudleys way too fast. <laughs> I mean, as part of the, as, as part of the conversation of the greatest tag teams of all time, right? Yeah, dude, there's there's no there's no argument that if the Briscoes would would have been together another. 15 years, even though they've been in the business 15 years. If they would have been in the business another 15 years, they could probably end up going down as, as the greatest uh, tag team of at least this generation. No, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the young bucks. Just them, them dumb asses. They're not, they're not even in a, they're not even, I, I just make another incarnation of the Midnight Express and they'd be above <laughs> the young bucks. See what Bob Holly's doing, and and, and bring Mark somebody Gunn. in with him. They'd still be higher than the Bucks. So before we get into the Psychosis Rey Mysterio match, I started. I did, I was just curious because I could not remember, nor do I know if I ever actually knew which two belts that Psychosis had. So I did some research, and the, the two belts that he has here are the WWA welterweight championship and a wwa trios champion but in doing that research it brought up i saw something else that made me want to ask you guys i saw a fact that psychosis and ray mysterio and this goes back to what you were saying earlier chad about psychosis ray psychosis ray they in their career they wrestled each other over 500 times Now, my question to you guys is, and I, I wrote a few ideas down of who I think it might be, but who do you think are, who do you think are the two wrestlers that had the most matches against each other in their? Wow, like of all, of like of my generation or of all time? No, just yeah, just of all time, like the two two guys that wrestled each other the most, and I'll give you a couple that I thought. And you tell me if you think I'm off. All right, just give me give me something to start with. Okay, so of course I put Flair and Steamboat. I best I bet they wrestled each other thousands of times. I mean, maybe not maybe not thousands, but probably a thousand. Um, Abby and Carlos. All right, that's that's about a thousand. <laughs> um, um, Lawler Dundee. Yeah, yeah, and don't, and don't even forget that was weekly for over a decade. 
Yeah, the show. Jesus. <laughs> and in the same place every single week. <laughs> Somehow it Jeez. still was over. I know, um, right? The Sheik and right. Bobo Brazil. Yeah, that's definitely on the lower end because that was only that was like, a you, real short span, dude. The, so you, you don't really think you, you don't really you, think that feud or that 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 really was an attraction to keep Detroit going for any <laughs> length of time. No, it, that that what that's not that yeah. I mean, it, it's a great try, <laughs> but um, no, the Sheik and Boba Brazil. Are these are these the ones you're saying are on the list, or are these are the ones you put on it? These are just ones that I came up with because I started yeah, thinking which with. which two guys had which two guys wrestle each other the most times. You know what I mean? Because you know you hear about I mean Steamboat and Flair wrestled each other in the Mid Atlantic in the seventies, early eighties, then into the yeah 80s. they had three they had three they had three runs of probably two hundred nights a week. Here's yeah. another here's I mean, another one a year. So, Here's you know, another one that I thought of out of the blue, or not out of the blue, but just kind of a weird one that I don't think a lot of people would think about. With all the tag team combinations and stuff over the years, how many times do you think Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton wrestle each other? Yeah. Why do you think the matches are so good? Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, they got like fucking, they got like seven decades. <laughs> like, like, I mean, seven decades of wrestling each other. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how they're sick of fucking doing it. Like, I, I don't want to uh, again, Bobby. And what if, what if, what if one of them has a fucking hair in their ass and they decide they want to do something new? <laughs> how hard do you think that would be to convince the other guy to do it? About, you know, we've been doing it for thirty-eight years, Robert. <laughs> Whatever, what Ricky. Sting, what about Sting and Rick? Yeah, that's a different story too, because we're talking about yeah, they wrestled they wrestled hundreds of times because um when NWA was when that feud was going on, NWA wasn't touring like they didn't it didn't have the schedule that it used to have. Um, you know, it wasn't every single day, it was like a couple of days a week and Sting may or may not have wrestled. I not, no, they I don't think they ever did two shows in one day. Like Titan did, because I don't think they were capable of pulling that off. You know what I mean? That's like, that's oh. why I that's why I kind of leaned toward Flair and Steamboat, just because at that point, I mean, they were probably wrestling at Mid Atlantic area. They're probably what five nights a week. Oh, although it's 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 probably every night. They may they and, may have had they might they may have had one day off. Well, they they would have had one day off or. They probably would have had um, like a three day weekend, like once a month, and then that that was when the, that's when the angles came in when um, they would do when he did the deal where he rubbed like uh, Steamboat's face into the into the um, the uh, the ground. Mm-hmm. They they did it twice, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did yeah, it they twice. Did it twice. And I'm like, the first time they did it, I was like, all right, well, because it was Steamboat was the hottest baby face. He had to go away. How are you going to miss me if you don't go away? And they pulled the angle or flared to that, and the Steamboat was gone for a while. Boom. It comes back. And, you know, it just, it, it's, a, it's like a never-ending story of this guy has got a score to settle with this guy. The others don't even know what the, what the, what the score is because half the time, well, no, Flair always had a belt. I can't remember a time where Flair didn't have a belt. And any of his rivalries with Steamboat, but to have a, a to, to have a series of matches 
that spanned the seventies, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, for like two years, three years, say, just say 77, 78 or 78, 79. And then you go maybe 81, 82. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward to like 89, <laughs> you know, 88, 89. Like that's who, who does that? Except guys like Ric Flair and, and Jerry Lawler. And I know I I don't even I don't even I, I I always say it I don't pretend to watch Japanese wrestling because I don't so I don't know I don't know I wouldn't even know about Japan so I w- I didn't even try to explore that um, I wonder Blassie and Tolis do you think they had no, the, no? the territory wasn't big enough okay and 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 the feud the feud was only maybe what it was it may have been what 10, 12 years. So you're talking about going to the same place. I don't know whether it was every week. Even still, if it was it was the Cal Palace every week for 12 years. That still ain't as many times, right? And I, San Francisco, you know, I mean, guys like Patterson, he could be possibly in the conversation. No, and you know, and then uh, as as you really as you really think about it, you know, get more and more Piper. Where the fuck did Piper not fucking work at? It's a lot of fucking matches. And like you, like you were saying, it it was like guys that wrestled each other consistently, right? Yeah, how, got two guys like say Flair Steamboat that wrestled each other. Um, I, I'm not like the biggest AWA fucking oh, uh, uh, guy, but what about like Vernon, Vernon who? Rockwinkle. Nope. Again, not enough dates. Not enough. Not enough. Um, like I, I you know, B shows. Yeah, well, and that's true because AWA doesn't didn't even run in the winter. That's true. Or in the in the was it in the winter or in the summer? There was a season they they, didn't, they, even... they didn't they they only ran in the summer. Yeah, w- yeah. which sucked. Yeah, dude. I mean, um, Lawler. <laughs> I mean. You know, but I mean, how? But the, the thing about Lawler is he loses the belt too long that he can't he can't defend it that many times. <laughs> Damn, that's fucking that is that is some shit. Well, we get into this psychosis Rey Mysterio match. It's two out of three falls. Uh, a very slim trim Joel Gertner is the ring announcer here. That's going to change, by the way. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> that's foreshadowing. Did you know him, Chad? No. no. I mean, I know him, but not no. I, I don't even know where he came from. Uh, the only thing I that I could probably tell you was he's a New York guy. And he probably hung around the locker room long enough. And Paul loves them New York guys. And and isn't this when he had a, he had a falling out with the Artises, right? Because do, oh, we, no, do we not... I didn't even know about that. Say that again. Yeah, I didn't even know he had a falling out with them. Well, they had. I mean, they've always they always had some some shit going on, <laughs> but it, it but it was all legal shit. It was you know it was all commission shit kind of stuff. It wasn't like personal, you know, where they, mm-hmm. you know, they hated each other or anything. But it was always some go. It was always something going on with the Artezas because their name was somehow involved in. You know, a lot of things that went on in ECW when it came to the commission and stuff like that. But yeah, um, Gold Gertner, I did. I I'm 
I don't know, honestly, where he came from. I'm just assuming he's a New York guy, and, and Paul may have discovered him somehow, or somebody would have brought him down. Probably a Dudley. And that's my, or there you go. That's it. That's who brought. I guarantee you, that's who brought the fucking him in is the Dudleys. Because didn't he end up managing him? Yes. Yes. Okay, he knows there that, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We just figured that puzzle out. Who brought in fucking fat ass Gertner? Well, in this, in the at this time, he just looks like an extra on The Sopranos, but. Um, he's doing the ring announcing, uh, like I said, for this match. The It's two out of three falls, Rey Mysterio, Psychosis. The match is really fantastic. However, I didn't write a lot of notes down because I was watching It's the, the same match. match. It's the fucking same match as the last match. They just do another chair in the ring. Like, it, it, they, it's, it's all it is. Uh, it's the, they came up with some other way to use a chair. Or you know whatever, it's the same the same spots. Fish out of water. The chair. The, um, when when Ray throws the chair, it's like coaches hits him in the head. I fucking, I see it a bazillion times. They showed on every fucking and any every magazine show that ever did a expose on ECW would show these two. <laughs> and it was everywhere, and I've had to see it for I don't know for thirty years, and I'm tired of seeing it. Good Lord, Nitro! They're opening it up. Oh, the Mexicans are oh Jesus! Psychosis and Ray again, and they didn't. They probably put it in the second hour too, because it's for the rating. It's a great match. We fucking got it. Jesus, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> um, I agree. These guys did wrestle a lot, and. Um, we talked about it on the last show that it was psychosis was the guy that was there to catch Ray and everything like that. But in this match, um, it is a great match, but I think um, psychosis got to shine a little more than what he gets to later on as these guys' careers progress. I think. Oh, it, great it, point! <laughs> great, great point. I, I noticed that too, Aaron. I no, I noticed that too that it, there was a lot more psychosis uh, offensive in this match, and just as his work and everything like that. Like Ray's obviously great, but if I had to pick a guy that was more of the this guy makes sense being an ECW, and if one of these guys is going to last, psychosis is more um, built for ECW. Than Ray was, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, possibly, you know, probably, maybe long term, because there was, there's a, there's a lot of upside on, on psychosis. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a great catcher. I'm sure he could probably just call a match with anybody. I don't know about his English, but yeah, he's a great bumper, and he knows, he knows when to, when to do the spots, you know. That's a that's a that's a big important thing, but but him and Ray was just it's dancing. That was just dancing. They they done it so many times, and they're like, "Hey, how can we incorporate a chair, Gringo, or whatever the fucking hell?" I already say that shit. Yeah, that that's cool though. I mean, I I thought the matches were great because they were locker room sellouts, hundred percent. Everybody was like, "Oh my god!" And at the time, that was some very very innovative stuff. But I, I did like. I did like the part of the match where I think it was in the, the second round or whatever. 
where they wound up on, where they wound up on the floor, and it was like them just kind of like kicking each other and hitting each other with a chair. You know, it's like they they for two minutes these guys abandoned. We're gonna do this high flying shit, and we're both struggling. So we're gonna yeah, they're like, just throwing chairs at each other. Yeah. They're, they're laying there like like almost like bitches kind of thing. Like they're kicking each other and throwing chairs at each other. Yeah, they were both that, that they were taking a they were taking a breather, buddy. <laughs> I can tell you that one right there. They were they were yeah, that was them just sucking that wind because they just they just took the air out of the ECW arena and they were and they blew it up, man. They, need, they needed a yes to Chico. Yes, they did. And you know they they obviously realized they couldn't just lay there, you know. I mean, the, each that crowd would have appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely would have if they would have just laid there for thirty seconds after that whole series of spots and shit, and they just laid out. But no, they're like, no, fuck all this. We we got to give these people, you know, their money's worth. Which I applaud them for that. That's 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 extracurricular in my opinion, and that's great stuff. As the match goes, fall one, Rey Mysterio wins with a Hurricane Rana. Fall two, Again. Psychosis wins with a Tombstone. And then fall three, this is where they integrated the chair in a second way. Um, a senton onto, on, a senton with the chair by Psychosis onto Rey. And Psychosis picks up the third fall. So now they are tied one-to-one in their ECW series of matches. And... Yeah, great stuff to watch, but like Chad said, we've seen it so many times, and uh, but still, really good. Not taking anything away from it at all. Oh, no, it, there's no doubt that it's not really good, but it's just it's just going to the well, you know. You can only have so many people that so many um, lifetime movies where the guy's calling from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Anything else on that one, Aaron? Nope. All right, well, then we get Lance Wright, and he's talking about the ECW hotline, which he alludes to what the, the shit that's going on with Bill Watts and the WWF at this time, because Bill Watts had shortly come into the – had for a short time come into the WWF as Booker, and he and Vince quickly realized that wasn't going to work. So Bill <laughs> Bill headed out after just a month of booking. Um, but I love Joey's joke. I wonder if Bill Watts went to the Million Man March. <laughs> yeah, I mean – there, there's a they, they actually they put a lot of meat on that bone <laughs> right there. I mean, just just for the setup alone, Nate, just to, just to bring up Bill Watts about not succeeding, or, or and then all of a sudden, because oh, now that we're in the conversation, uh, the Million Man March. <laughs> Did he go? Yeah, he said. I think he says Mark with Mark Furman and Marge Shot. I believe is the other Marge Shot, yeah, and Mark Furman. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that that damn that was some shit right there, man. Damn. What what if just imagine if Bill Watts would have taken the job as the the Booker from Dub for 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 WWE, right? Yeah. And then what if what if somebody would have brought to his attention ECW, and then he looked at that product and said, maybe I should book that. What if Bill Watts was the booker yeah. for ECW? Well, and you can see be there right now, right? The the casual viewer probably would never notice. Okay, 
but you can actually see, literally see when you can see, you can watch Rawls from the TV taping when he took over the book. And the reason I say that is because WWF was always a babyface territory. And Vince is always booked toward the babyface. But there is in the month of October of 1995, Monday Night Raw, no matter what the how ridiculous the gimmicks were or whatever, you've got Mabel and Yokozuna lay out the Undertaker and crush his face. Dean Douglas is involved in that and lays out Shawn Michaels. They lay out Diesel. The heels fucking take over for like a month. Like, like, and it, it looks like, again, you've got Vince's silly gimmicks and stuff, but it almost looks like Mid-South, the way that it's booked. So, so if you're watching down in Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you were, if you were really watching and you know your shit, you can tell when Bill Watts, that brief month that he was booking the WWF. And isn't, Dude, that, the same, isn't that the same time that Davey turns? Um, yes. Yes. Davey does turn during that time too. Dude, I use that. I use that term uh, a lot, like breaking down in Tulsa, and I've I've used it so many times in non wrestling situations where people would would ask me like what it, what it means or whatever, and then I explain it to them, and I was like, dude, you it, you don't know, it, you know, if you don't know, you're not gonna get it, but it's I mean it's breaking down in Tulsa, <laughs> like. Uh, Shit's getting out of hand. Like, run, scatter. Here comes Brody. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, it's Tulsa. Damn, I, I fucking Tulsa, man. Bill Watts fucking poured his, his heart out in Tulsa, didn't he? <laughs> God damn. You know what? The I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get in the weeds here, but you know what's like the one thing? And I'm talking about, obviously, the, like the, early, the early to mid-80s Mid-South. But one of my, I don't know, and you can tell me I'm completely full of shit or whatever, but I am not a fan of crusty old Mr. Wrestling 2. Oh, I come just, on. No, man. that's, no, 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 no. I, I am now, not a now fan. We're crossing a line here. <laughs> I am not a fan of crusty old Mr. Wrestling 2. Dude, you're crossing a line. It's Mr. Wrestling. Dude, it's, come on. <laughs> it's Mr. Wrestling number two. It's, you know, now you're even disrespecting his name. It's Mr. Wrestling number two. <laughs> Only Gordon Soley, who I'm sure has had dinner with him without his mask, can only call him Wrestling 2. Do you, do you call him Mr. Wrestling? Dude, what the fuck's the matter with you? How, how, what isn't there to like? He, he, he looks so athletic. <laughs> I mean, he, who, else, who else wears a, a, a pillowcase over their face? Come on. And who else just wears their Hanes beefy underwear? Jesus Christ. You're not giving this guy any credit at all. The knee lift. You saw the sack of potatoes. You saw what he could do to a sack of potatoes, right? With that knee lift. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then when he does the jiggle, oh, man. He, and he, he learned that when he was teaming up in Georgia with Thunderbolt Patterson, another main eventer. In comes, the, in the comes, comes out to, <laughs> comes out to cut a promo and he tells all the people in the audience get off my lawn <laughs> yeah well it, it would take Thunderbolt Patterson about 30 minutes to say get off my lawn let me tell all these people out here 
<laughs> oh no. Whoever has their their their, their people on my lawn. Can't even oh tell no. Him. You can't tell and if Mr. Wrestling, right. Mr. Wrestling Two perfected that, man. Don't don't, don't shit on wrestling too. You, you can't tell if Thunderbolt Patterson's looking at you or the guy next to you. Oh yeah, yeah. He's talking to he, he's looking at all six people at that studio studio that he's at. I'm talking to you, <laughs> and he and literally looking at him. No shit. I can't, I can't believe he's really talking to me. That's the big of a crowd. That's, that's as big as the crowd as Thunderbolt Patterson draws. I don't know. I, the next thing when Joey's talking about this tag team, what did you say, Aaron? I'm sorry. I didn't say anything. Okay. <laughs> Why Joe, <not>? jump in? <laughs> Joey's I, talking about. I don't, I don't have any love for Mr. Wrestling too, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about Thunderbolt Patterson. Jesus. Why? Why are you on show? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, this next thing on the ECW show, Joey fucking—I <laughs> was confused. Like, he's talking about shit going on with the tag team championships. He's talking about two matches, I think, at once, but I can't tell which match is supposed to be which. Oh, oh! I mean, he—he he, he brings up the fact that they were supposed to have the. Um, gangsters and the pit bull or, or the public enemy at the next show, and they can't do it because uh, Philadelphia is saying that the gangsters and public enemy wrestling outside is too crazy. Like, so, so he's turning, they're turning into a triangle match. I'm assuming they're, they're doing that because they don't know if Mustafa's going to show up because he didn't show up. <laughs> That's, that's yeah, good, good point, good, man. That's a good I was point. Say, that's as good a goddamn theory as any other thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy might still be incarcerated, so we don't know. So they're saying that it's going to be um, possibly the gangsters, um, public enemy, and then whoever wins um, title Dudley. match between Raven and uh, Stevie and the Pitbulls. <laughs> the pit bulls are just hanging in there, aren't they? Well, I don't remember is um, Francine's now with the pit bulls, and they're like, "Oh, this is Stevie's ex girlfriend." Well, the last episode they were together. Where did they break up on the show? Like, I, they never didn't have something to do with Raven and the pit bulls. I didn't see it. It might have been the show that Nate told us to skip. I don't know if something happened on there, but I don't they, remember. They, on the on the TV shows we skipped, they never showed anything. They just had a promo with the Pitbulls, with Francine, and the Pitbulls said, Stevie Richards, your girlfriend's with us now. So I don't even know if there was ever an angle or not. So they just cuckolded him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what they did. I've been cuckolded. Yeah, was, no shit. I mean, th- but does anybody really give a fuck? <laughs> no. And I thought I was. And <laughs> of, co- uh, of course, Aaron was going to say the first response. And how stupid was that gimmick fucking, like, gigantic bone that Francine was, like, shaking around? Oh, they felt that in the back. That's, I mean, we, we've so, talked about that enough that anything, anything like that you see. If they didn't bring it, they just found it in the, in the prop room. It was sitting over there next to Sal Balomo's helmet. In that, right beneath that big palm tree entrance. 
right over that hill area. I was like, oh, that is so fucking stupid. I was like, there's no way that that was like a Paul idea. Like, one of those, like, she's solid or fucking Gary Wolf saw it. I was like, oh, carry this big bone out there. Because <laughs> we're pit bulls. Yeah, we're pit bulls. We, get, we, we eat plastic them, bones. We can sell inflatable bones for a gimmick. Because I yeah. think that's the only time I ever saw him do it. Because he probably did it, and then they came back, and Paulie was like, don't, don't, take that, don't, don't take that goddamn bone out there ever again. Yeah. Dude, there's a hundred there's a 100% chance that could have happened. I mean, there I'm telling you, that really could have happened. And, and the more and the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning to that's that's exactly what happened. Cause I bet you Paul was thinking, Well, what if something happens? And it's it's a plastic bone, right? You know, a big plastic bone. Well, whatever happens if you ever want to use it like in a match for a gimmick. But if it gets knocked out of somebody Francine's hands and somebody gets a hold of it and you realize it's just plastic. Yeah. You know, like, the, it's like a whistle bat, basically. Like, do, do, do you think Paul looked at it that way? It was like, no. <laughs> we can't. You know, maybe maybe it's great for on the road kind of thing. But not, think, not at the arena. But my aspect of it, too, is the fact that these guys are supposed to be these badass dudes or whatever, and they got this leather-clad girlfriend that's with them, and she's got, like, this big fucking bone. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she, she's got a big bone, and she's walking with two jump bones. It was to say, for the first time in his career, fucking Richards wasn't the biggest bone in the ring. <laughs> no shit. Well, the match here is Raven and Stevie Richards against the Pitbulls for the ECW tag titles. It's a lumberjack Again. match, but only two lumberjacks. The lumberjacks are 911 and Big Dick Dudley. The referees, the co-referees for the match are Todd Gordon and, and Bill Alfonso. And then they show us literally almost none of the match. They just cut to the part where Gary Wolf is getting stretchered out of the match. And uh, that's when the fun begins and all the outside interference. Um, the, the, all the Dudleys show up and all the Dudleys eat, pot, eat choke slams from, uh, from 911. Um, so was this the injury? This was no, that wasn't his neck. That that's later with Shane. They were just doing that. I think that was just a a kayfabe deal to get him out of the match. Of all the people they were going to get out of the match, they took Gary out of the match, right? Is well, they wanted to, Gary Wolf. Yeah, they wanted to be good. <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't say that, Aaron. <laughs> Nate, I didn't say that. I'm just looking at the field of players. <laughs> and out of everybody in that whole entire schmaz uh, melee, they had to get one person out of that match to make this happen, and it was Gary. I- I'm not making any accusations. You go ahead, Aaron. You make the accusations. You say he stinks. Go ahead, say it. I, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. <laughs> I-, I don't. I don't think he's dead. According to every show we do. I do a weekly update on the Wolves. Like I said, nine one one choke slams every single Dudley boy. I will say with with him choke slamming the Dudleys. I will say 
he choke slammed all those Dudleys, and we've talked about nine one one Peter out by like the third choke slam. He choke slammed Bubba at Bubba's biggest, <laughs> and held him there for a good a good couple seconds. Like that was pretty impressive. Well, first off, I'll tell you that's probably um, one of the best nine one ones we're gonna get. And second off. Every single one of them fucking slobs that he choke slammed, minus um, the sign dude and the other other dude, um, Bubba especially, they know how to go up, and going up will will, will save a guy. Like like you know, I've always told you about that. Like, I'll buy the third choke slam from nine one one. It's the shits, right? No matter how hard I go up. And how many bubbles? I mean, um, not only one just chose slam motherfuckers all over the building, <laughs> everything, and then he's getting Bubba Ray at three sixty. They announced at three sixty five or something like that. Yeah, Bubba's not stupid. But I mean, Bubba was trained properly, and he knew how to go up to make it all easy for nine one one. Which I thought it, I thought it was a great like icing on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. Just fucking slam that motherfucker, dude. Now now my one's like, damn, he's slamming Mr. Hughes and shit. <laughs> you know, Valpuccio <laughs> getting slammed. <laughs> well, to end the match, Pitbull 2 goes through a table. Then Cactus Jack comes out and DDTs him on a chair, which gives Raven and Richards the win, and they are once again the ECW Tag Team Champions. But I don't know why. Oh, I didn't even know the belts changed hands. Honestly, there was just so much going on. And it's not that I don't like Raven and Richards. I'm a huge Raven fan, but at, I don't know. And this is fucking twenty something years ago. It doesn't matter. It's not like it's not like we can go back and change history. But it just seems like with all the tag teams they have, they're building this great tag team division. And to it, I would just, I would have just left the belt on the pit bulls. I, I guess is what I'm saying. There's Raven. I don't think don't I, I don't necessarily agree and and think that they were building a tag team division. I think they were more or less building a faction division. And the tag team, the tag team startup was the way you do it. I mean, it's it's you gotta you're gonna have two guys before you gotta have three guys, right? Right. So, and then I mean, look at I mean, foreshadow to the later on. The triple thread and the, the Ravens group, you know, just there's factions all over the place. You know what I mean? We still got the Dudleys, so I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying that that I'm that I'm 100 accurate on that, but I think that it makes sense. That Paul Paul's just aligning people that he's gonna he's gonna position to do shit with later on mm-hmm. with certain people to get them there, and I, I it makes sense to me. Aaron, what did you think? Final thoughts on this matchup? I thought it was a um, like a typical <laughs> ECW type main event where like a bunch of crazy shits happening, and I don't understand why they probably clipped it because there was probably points where it dragged, but it looked good. Oh yeah, that that match was long as shit. That was that was a long match. Well. That's that's uh and you know what it was a it was a it was a thirty minute episode of ECW with not a whole hell of a lot on it but we got we got a show out of it so and the show wasn't terrible I, I mean I know last week I said B 
this week I, I'm back down in the seas. You know, I wasn't blown away by this. Again, Ray and Ray and Psychosis was great. No, no, no taking away from it. But this show just see, wasn't one, as. See, one of the one of the things that I do, that I do like about this era is that it it really takes us on a ride from show to show because we can always point out something that was so fantastic or or you know at least really really good. And go like whatever happened to the rest of the show, <laughs> or whatever, or the show's just one thing that's good, you know. That's that's the cool thing about about this ride because you never know what presentation you're going to get from ECW. You might get three matches, two squash matches, and then Scorpio and somebody, you know. Yeah. Or you might get what we got tonight. That that to me was like fuck yeah, I'll take. If I was coming home from fucking a bar, you know. But, Whatever and the ECW was coming on at that, at that time on whatever channel, and I saw Psychosis and Rey Mysterio, and I saw that shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck me, Aaron. What did you think overall? Uh, I'd give it a C, just for the fact that it had a really good match on it and brought a new character into the show, and it, it was just kind of. <laughs> I give it a B. I liked it, man. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think Aaron's not any more any any more um, critic critical than I am because I, I I think the same thing that he said. But I thought some of the positives way outshine some of the negatives on this show. Solid B. All right. Well, that being said, we will put a wrap on this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you can hear. Uh, Probably 20 more minutes of show if you go to reliving or patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme and subscribe to the Patreon page. Um, give us a give us a chance there. Give us a shot. You'll hear some entertaining shit that doesn't hit the actual podcast. So Aaron Chad, any parting words for the listeners before we sign off? The only parting words I gotta say is I love you, Jess. <laughs> That's what I'll call the episode. No, I don't think so. Ch- Chad loves you, Jess. I I don't think that's that. that, that probably uh, you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's at least another attempt. Aaron, I'm just like sh- subscribe, share, do all that shit. That's the only way this show's gonna get even more attention than it has now. So. If you like the show, let your friends know, let your family know, and keep reliving the extreme with us. Tell your mama. Tell your mama about reliving the extreme. We'll see you next week, everybody.